It is so encouraging and uplifting when you're right, and it is so demoralizing when you're wrong. Today, we've got a little bit of both. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of NFL Study Hall. I'm your host, Kate Chums, and we're talking about week three in the National Football League, which was an absolutely historic week of football. And you all know what I'm referring to. I'm referring to one game in particular that I just so happened to be at and watch from the stands. It was a great time. I'm talking Miami Dolphins hosting the Denver Broncos, putting up 70 points on Denver's head. Right. And like, there's so many things that went right in this game, just from like before the game even starts. Right. We've got Mike McDaniel's history with Denver, Sean Payton having just blown up every. Denver coaching before the game started, r- ratting out on Russell Wilson, ratting out on Nathaniel Hackett, 0-2 to start the season already, and he and he comes his first road game of the year, and then this just happens. It was, it was unbelievable, and it really just highlighted a great weekend of football where we really started to see, like the title says, the stars aligned. This is what we thought would happen in these games. I went 11 and 5 in game picks. I'm 31 and 17 on the year. That's just underneath 65%. This is the type of season I wanted to start with. Last year, at this point, we didn't have a single week where I had 10 correct games, and now we've got three in a row. I'm absolutely loving it. We got the Cowboys to talk about Chiefs, Bills, Seahawks, Lions, Chargers, Ravens, Broncos which we're going to talk about in a second, Colts, Texans. We're going to get into everyone capped off by my top five teams in the National Football League, which honestly you probably might be able to see coming. But let's really get into this Dolphins-Broncos game because as historic as it was, it's more historic the more you hear about it. There were 13 franchise records that the Dolphins either broke or tied in this singular game. For the team, most points scored in team history was 70. Most touchdowns in a game in team history was 10. Most total yards in a game in team history was 726. Most rushing yards in a game in team history. Most points scored in the second half of a game that was tied at 35. Most PATs in a game in team history. Then individual records for the Dolphins. Most touchdowns in a game by a rookie. That was four with Devon A-Chain. Most points scored in a game was 24 by Devon H. and Raheem Mostert. That's a tie for a record. Also a tie for the record. Most touchdowns in a game. Also four for Raheem Mostert and Devon A. Chain. Most rushing yards in a game by a rookie A-Chain. Most passing yards through three games in Dolphins history. 1,024 from Tua. Most receiving yards through three games in Dolphins history with 412 Tyreek Hill. Most PATs in the game, 10 Jason Sanders. All of that happened in one game on Sunday. Now let's talk NFL records. This was the most rushing yards by a per, by a player in his first or second career game. Devon Achain with 203. It was three more than second place, which came back in 1979. 
70 points by the Dolphins, is tied for the third most in NFL history and is solo second in Super Bowl era with 70. There have only been three other teams in in NFL history that I had gotten to either 70 or more. I mean, just like we keep going down the list, 726 total yards. Most in Super Bowl era, second most in NFL history. It's just they're the Dolphins are now nine and one against the Broncos uh at home. They're thirteen and two in their past fifteen games. The the statistical significance of this game, it just it just blew me away. And the thing is, like a lot of people have talked about in early in this week, I'm sure you guys have watched your own talk shows, your own podcast, whatever you want to do. A lot of people have asked, like, what was the bigger loss or the big, what was more significant, the Dolphins or the Cowboys or any of these other teams? Listen, the Dolphins were at 70 points with eight minutes to go. If they wanted to, they probably could have put up 90. I really don't think anyone was going to stop this offense. Had, had Tua and the starting offense been in there for the entire game, 90 was not out of the question. Like, as soon as the team hit 56, the game was over, and they practically could have put up as many points as they wanted to in that second half. I consider the Cowboys' loss a more significant loss just because the Dolphins really could have put up as many of their points as they wanted to. Now, the, the two questions that come to mind both relate to each team. Does this type of both win and loss relate to how good the team is and how good they will be long-term. Because everyone's got a game where they just get blown out or they blow someone out. I mean, we just saw the Dallas Cowboys go 40 to nothing against the Giants. The Giants then beat the Cardinals and then the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals. So obviously that blowout didn't really signify what they were as a team. Does this Dolphins blowout signify what they are as a team? I think it is, and here's why. The Dolphins have been notorious in at least just the past two seasons for having a solid passing game. Tua went healthy, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Tyreek Hill, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL next to Justin Jefferson. They can Jalen Waddell is there. River Craycraft is now back. They've been able to do it all in the passing game. This was one of the first times, or at least this season, we've really seen it come through, where they've been able to have a running game. Raheem Mostert and Devon Achain had a rushing clinic on Sunday. And if they can keep that aspect up, not only is this the most dangerous offense in the NFL, this might be the most dangerous offense we've seen since... You can go back to prime Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. You can go back to the Carolina Panthers when Cam Newton went 15-1 and went to the Super Bowl. You got the Denver Broncos that same season who had 600 points in 2013, 2007 New England Patriots. There are so many offenses that have come through and have dominated in games. This Dolphins team looks like one of those. But can their defense hold up? Now, they're not going to score 70 points a game. They might be able to get up 30 points a game. But we've seen this Dolphins defense easily let up 30 points a game in games that they needed to hold on to. They haven't really been able to hold off 
the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, other big-time high-flying offenses the Dolphins will kind of crumble to. Is this defense able to hold up? So far, they've allowed 34 to the Chargers, 17, I believe, to the Patriots, and 20 to the Broncos, although one of those touchdowns was a kickoff return touchdown. They're getting better, but they got their first really, really tough test. I mean, the Chargers was a good one. Against the Buffalo Bills on this upcoming Sunday in Buffalo. This game, upcoming on Sunday, I think will determine the rest of the Dolphins' season more than this past one against the Broncos. Dolphins are going to put up points. We all know that. But can the defense, with its injuries, because Jalen Phillips was out in this game as well, but Bradley Chubb is now back. Uh, Jalen Ramsey still hasn't gotten back yet, but that'll help. But all of these guys that we keep seeing on this defense... Can they be the ones that come up clutch against the Buffalo Bills? Because the Bills have now just put up two massive performances in a row with 34 points against the Raiders and 37 points against the Washington Commanders. If the defense can, I mean, they don't even have to win the game in my opinion. But if they can decently hold up against the Bills, they might be one of the best teams or they might be the best team in the NFL because then their defense has proven it. Really like what I'm seeing from the Dem- from the Dolphins. As for the Broncos, yes, this game does reflect how bad this team is. Russell Wilson does not look good. He doesn't even look like he's trying anymore. The, the interception he threw in the second half that was one point later, a intercept or one play later, a touchdown, something like that. That was a lazy behind thrown ball that was caught and fumbled. Sorry, not an interception. It was caught and fumbled. But it was behind the receiver, had to turn around and then get blindsided. He's not throwing with confidence. He's not trying. It The whole team basically gave up at the beginning of the second half. This Broncos team needs a change of heart, needs a change in leadership. I thought it would work with Sean Payton. It clearly hasn't. They're 0-3. And the Dolphins were really the only tough test they've had so far. It was Raiders and Commanders before that. I I am not liking what I'm seeing from the Denver Broncos, and I really do think that this truly shows the nature of this team. And they got they got some rough things coming. To the other crazy ridiculous game that I've uh, foreshadowed multiple times in this episode, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona Cardinals. You want to know how bad it was for the Cowboys to lose this game? They had only allowed 10 points in their first two games combined and then allowed 28 to a Josh Dobbs-led Cardinals team. Granted, the Cardinals had shown some signs of life, but you're the Dallas Cowboys. You shut out the New York Giants. You come in and you beat down on whoever they played next. Why is it blinking to me at this point? But the New York Jets. You come down, you beat down the New York Jets, led by Zach Wilson, I know. This should not have been like your first test of adversary. This this is unfathomable. I am honestly more prone to believe that that the Dolphins score 70 than the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals with this defense. I mean, like, Josh Dobbs went 17 of 21, 
And James Conner rushed for 98 yards. James Conner hasn't rushed for 98 yards in what seems like a couple years. Josh Dobbs is supposed to be a rocket scientist. He's so smart in the classroom. Hasn't shown anything with his arm. Gets his first first career win to Josh Dobbs is going to go to the Dallas Cowboys who come in at 2-0 and on the year, looking like a top-five team in the NFL. They were in the red zone five times and only scored one touchdown. This is unheard of. And I don't necessarily think it's the running game. Tony Pollard went 23 carries, 122 yards. Dak Prescott just failed in the red zone. Play calling, failed in the red zone. Offensive line, failed in the red zone. You have to be able to score touchdowns eventually. Plus throw a bomb here and there. I mean, like... The Dallas Cowboys, these are the games they need to be winning because the schedule does not get any easier from here whatsoever. New England Patriots should be a dub, but honestly, Patriots defense has shown some stuff you never know. Then it's the 49ers and Chargers, both games on the road. Rams have shown some stuff. Eagles, and then it's a little bit clearer after that. But, like, come on, Dallas. This this is not a game they could afford to lose if they not only want to keep up in the NFC East with the Philadelphia Eagles, but also just in general in the NFC because there's some teams in the South coming alive. The Seahawks are just where they were last year. You got the Packers and the Lions in the North. There's a lot of teams that could defend. Will the Dallas Cowboys make a playoff team? I think so. They do have enough. Dak will come around. It is just one game. But you can't make this the consistency. One of the Denver Broncos players said after their game that it's just one game. You just can't make it consistently that type of game or something like that. That's what the Dallas, that, that can't happen to the Dallas Cowboys. They can't just let this be one game. They have to get back on the horse immediately and they're going to have to fight for every game this entire season long if they're going to have a chance. As for the Cardinals, great win for them. They won't be the last. I don't think this is the last win for them. I'm interested to see if Kyler Murray gets in on this action because the team is actually potentially going to win this season or if they're just going to keep him from next year. But the Cardinals now have some interesting moves to make as for their future because I don't think even they suspected they were going to do this well at the beginning. Well, now that we've gone over the two major games in the National Football League in week three, let's go over some other games that definitely were not as close, but that were good to see. Just like, okay, these stars are back. First of all, Chiefs Bears. Chiefs win 41 to 10, 30, 41 unanswered points in the first three quarter quarters, topped off by Travis Kelsey's touchdown. Straight up for Taylor Swift. Everyone's been talking about Taylor Swift. I'm not talking about Taylor Swift. I am not educated. I don't know jack about her. Good for Travis Kelsey, I guess. And if that's the moxie and if that's the momentum they're going to have to get through this season, then go for it. The Bears look really, really bad. Justin Fields is playing horribly. Their scheme is terrible. They have no run game other than Fields himself. The, the defense looks terrible. Just as bad as they were last year, if not worse. The Chiefs get back in the winner's circle. Finally good to start seeing them score. I 
they're like, I think the Chiefs are back now. Chris Jones is back. Travis Kelsey is back. Now, as we see the schedule progress, they're 2-1. and one. They've got the Jets without Lamar, or sorry, not Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they're definitely without Lamar Jackson. Without Aaron Rodgers, I think that should be the win. Then you've got the Vikings, Broncos, Chargers, Broncos, Dolphins, Eagles. So you got a few games coming up, but honestly, I was nervous when I first saw them play, and even their Week 2 game wasn't necessarily a super dominant victory. Now, yeah. I like the Chiefs a lot. I really think they're going in the right direction. The other team that I saw do fantastic for the second week in a row and is now officially back in the conversation is the Buffalo Bills at 37-3 to victory over the Washington Commanders on the road. And again, 37 unanswered points to start the game. A last-second field goal by the Washington Commanders in order to avoid the shutout. Josh Allen looks really good. Stephon Diggs is getting his targets. What I've really appreciated is James Cook has finally found his stride on the rushing attack. He had over 123 yards in Week 2. or 100, He had exactly, I think, 123 yards in Week 2. He had 98 in this game, really freeing it up. Josh Allen only threw the ball 32 times. That's a great number for Josh Allen right now. We saw closer to the end of last year as the rushing game continued to deplete that when Josh Allen was forced to throw it 45, 50 times, teams just started catching on. But now if you can rush the ball 15 to 20 times and keep his throws down, he can be more accurate. He can be more aggressive. The scheming starts working. And granted, or not granted, and also this defense is without Von Miller. That v- defense has finally stepped up. Ten, a point, 10 points allowed to the Raiders, three points allowed to the, car, the, the Commanders at Washington. This Buffalo team basically said to every hater in week one, we're not giving up, we're back, and they've, wow, have they shown it. I've really liked where this Buffalo team is going. Other teams that I liked watching in week three were the uh, Detroit Lions, who come in at a uh, two and one, who are now a two and one, a twenty to six victory over the Atlanta Falcons at home. Tough loss to the Seahawks at home the previous week. Falcons came in at two and zero oh with two tight victories, and the Lions said, "You're done." Twenty to six offense looked decent, but that defense, man, having none of Bijan Robinson, who struggled the entire day to get anything going. And so the, seeing the Lions back in the wind column is also just a really solid thing to see. And then finally, I really liked what the Seattle Seahawks have done for two weeks in a row, putting up 37 points against both the Lions and the Panthers. Kenneth Walker, I don't know why, but people said he was not going to be as big of a fantasy target in 2023 as he was in 2022. That proved to be false. He, came, he comes with 97 yards and two touchdowns. Geno Smith, nearly a 300-yard performance. DK Metcalf, 112 yards. Spreading the ball around, being able to score at every side of the ball, really coming in late with touchdowns too. They were able to put up, I believe, how many points was that in the second half? Yeah, 25 points in the second half alone. Great job coming in late. They go to 2-1 and one on the year. I believe they've got an easy one coming up in Week four as well. Yes, the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. So they could come back up to three and one and pursue that wild card spot. 
A lot of these teams that I was predicting would do decently in the preseason, although I didn't have the Seahawks, I don't believe I have them in the playoffs, maybe the last spot. But it's just nice to see them come up instead of all this weird turntable stuff that we had before the year started. As for some teams that are still not doing well, I mean, it's like the most disappointing teams so far in the, of the year, the three that I have, I still have the Chargers. Um, I know the Vikings are 0-3 and the Chargers beat them to go 1-2. But the Chargers defense was supposed to be better than this. The Chargers offense was supposed to be more dominant than this. With how bad the Vikings have played, the Chargers, if they want to compete for both their division and the AFC, needed to have dominated this game, and they did it. I'm still worried about the upfront defense. I'm still worried about Austin Eckler and this passing game. Now that Mike Williams is gone, I know Justin Herbert kind of popped off in this one, but just you think about it from an eyeball perspective, they're not coming in and dominating. They're almost letting the team stay with them, if that makes sense. Now, the only reason they won this pass game on Sunday is because Kirk Cousins made a terrible pass into the end zone. Otherwise, the Chargers really should have lost this game. They're, they're not beating down on teams like they need to. And I, with everything this team has done, new offensive coordinator, new players, spend a whole lot of money to see... This is like worse than Dallas Cowboys. Like the Dallas Cowboys will do everything right and then still lose. But they'll at least win in the regular season and get to the playoffs and still be a good team. The Chargers still look like a bad team right now. Losing to the Tennessee Titans. Losing to the Miami Dolphins. Barely beating the Vikings. Not loving what I'm seeing. This, another team that's 2-1 and one right now that I'm very disappointed in is the Baltimore Ravens. Losing in overtime to the Indianapolis Colts, who I'll get to in a second. But the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson back and healthy, I know J.K. Dobbins got injured in the first game, but we heard all this hype about Lamar Jackson throwing for, what was it, 5,000 yards in the offseason? Guys, he's only thrown in three games for 608 yards. That's just over 200 yards a game, and that's projected to only be just over 3,400 yards. He needs to get better because the rush game is now gone. Gus Edwards has done all he can. But when you are forced to pass the ball in big-time situations, either tied or down, you have to be able to execute and he's not getting any help either. Zay Flowers has been solid with 188 yards in three games, 21 receptions, 25 targets. But where's Mark Andrews? Odell Beckham Jr. I now know is injured. Rashad Bateman, where are you at? Mark Andrews, help your guy out. Offensive line, give your guy protection. Really, nothing is going passing-wise that the Ravens had hope. And their defense has done all they can. I mean, when you hold a team to 19 yards and it's the Indianapolis Colts defense you're going against, you have to be able to score 20 points or more. They weren't able to get it done, and the Colts made him pay for it. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, now that the Cincinnati Bengals are back and they had a win on Monday night, the Ravens need to start putting up like big-time performances if they're going to want to stay with the Saints, stay with the Bengals, 
and then even have a chance in the playoffs as you got the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Chiefs now at it. Not loving what I'm seeing from the Ravens at all. And then obviously we've talked about before the Denver Broncos. 0-3, allowed the most points in NFL Super Bowl history, or second most allowed of points. NFL Super Bowl history this Sunday. They've allowed the most points, obviously, this season. They can't score the ball. Russ looks bad. Coaching looks terrible. How much money can you spend and still be this bad? It's absolutely pathetic, and the Broncos need to do a reversal of a lot of things if they even want to dream to getting into the correct spot. They have, by far, in my opinion, been the most disappointing team at 0-3, worse than the uh, worse than the Bears, worse than the Vikings. You're a Broncos team that has played two out of three fairly easy teams in the NFL. Unex- unacceptable. Now, I was this isn't going to make big headlines, and you probably don't even care, but I do. We got some new dogs in the AFC South that are, again, they're going to turn some heads. Yet the Indianapolis Colts right now at two and one, they beat the Air, they beat the Baltimore Ravens without Anthony Richardson taking care of the Houston Texans the week before. That defense is looking solid. Offense has been able to score a little bit. Gardner Minshew had a solid game on Sunday, and they're still without Jonathan Taylor, who doesn't come back this week. He'll come back in week five. What happens when Taylor comes back? I mean, if Taylor comes back and wants to come back, that's the other thing too. You're trying to convince Jonathan Taylor that he's worthy or that their team is worthy of his all-out effort, they're at 2-1 and one right now. And I really think they have a good shot at getting 3-1 and one as they play the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Jonathan Taylor looks at the rest of this division, which you got the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars all at 1-2, and two, struggling. Look at the rest of this division, Jonathan Taylor. You have a chance to make something happen here in the playoffs. You really do. That defense is being solid. Stay healthy. Everyone stay healthy. And the Colts could make something happen. Texans obviously picked up their first win of the season, 37-17. to C.J. Stroud breaking the NFL record for most completion, for most pass attempts in his first three starts without an interception. Also broke, I believe, the record for most yards in his first three starts. He's at 900-something or other. I mean... The Texans, that run game still isn't great, but Tank Dell with a massive 145-yard game and two touchdowns, or a touchdown. That defense bottling up the Jacksonville Jaguars for the most part. Kickoff return touchdown. I like the special teams. I like the defense. They, they were able to pick off Trevor Lawrence too. I mean, they have had the Jacksonville Jaguars numbers in recent years. The Tre- Trevor Lawrence has only beat them once, and that was the second time they played them last year in Houston. So like, it could have easily been a fluke. But the fact that you put up 37 points as the Houston Texans, I haven't seen a number that big come out of Houston in a really, really long time. Gives me some hope for the future, and especially going against potentially the Tennessee Titans, who have had... A really, really bad team. That's another team that's disappointed me. You got DeAndre Hopkins. Derrick Henry rushed for only like 40 yards last week. You can't pass the ball. You can't rush the ball. Your defense is doing all they can. The Tennessee Titans might have the worst offense in the NFL with two of the biggest stars in the NFL. That is hard to come by. All right, guys. 
We are going to go over my top five teams in the NFL, and then we are going to scram through week four in the NFL because I'm not going to have time tomorrow, so let's just get it. Why not? Why not just run through it all right now? My top five teams in the NFL, honestly, this isn't going to come as a surprise for too many people. 49ers, Dolphins, Eagles. I'm going to put the Bills and then the Chiefs. I just got a really gut feeling that once Von Miller gets back, that defense is going to be really scary. I'm going to put the Bills and the Chiefs at four and five. Yeah, you're only three undefeated teams, and then obviously Bills and Chiefs are two and one, and they are the best teams with that record. So that really isn't too much there to think about. Now, let's run through week Four, tomorrow night, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers. I've liked what the Lions defense has been doing. The Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, man, two and one, looking solid. This is the first time these two teams have played each other all year. But at the end of the day, I think there's just a little bit more experience with Detroit, and I like their defense a little bit more. I'm going to take the Lions, breaking out as the division leaders, 24 to 20. Sunday slate, whole lot of 1 o'clock games, which you guys know is my weakness. Let's see what we can do with it. Our first London game of the year, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, only on Disney+. Plus. You got the crazy Toy Story game. Uh, as much as I hate Toy Story, I actually might watch a little bit of that game because it just sounds like an absolute blast. Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars. Jackson, I believe both these teams have played in London before, and I know for a fact that Jacksonville has had success. I like Jacksonville to come back with a victory 20-17. to 17. Easily the toughest game for me to decide all week long. Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, two of the best, in my opinion, the two best teams in the AFC in the same division. Miami coming off a historic victory. Buffalo coming off back-to-back dominations. My first team I wanted to say in this was Buffalo. I... They've had the Dolphins number at their home stadium. They just, their defense looks a little bit stronger. But this time, sadly, there's going to be no weather advantage for Buffalo with the cold. And I'm going to say it's like 77 degrees and sunny. It's something ridiculously nice. As much as I want to take Buffalo, and if Buffalo wins this game, I won't be surprised. You have to go with Miami here just because their rush game is back. This dual threat offense that we haven't seen from Miami in a really long time is the scariest thing in the NFL right near right now. The greatest show on turf. I have to go with Miami, but I'm really, really tempted to say that the Buffalo Bills pull this one out. 30-28 to 28 Miami. Definitely going to be a really close game. Denver Broncos versus Chicago Bears. Two of the best teams in the NFL to two of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm going to say Chicago just because Justin Fields feels like he's going to have a breakout performance. Denver, I think, is just going in the wrong direction. 23-20 to in favor of the Bears. Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. That Cleveland defense has been solid, man. 27-3 to was their last game against the Tennessee Titans. If Deshaun Watson can play well, this is a really, really good team. You just you've seen him slide, especially with that game against Pittsburgh. Uh, Ford on the rushing side, Kareem Hunt. They did their job on Sunday, and that rushing game is still effective. I'm going to say Cleveland Browns at home, 24 to 13. Ten, uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Tennessee Titans. This game is in Tennessee, coming off a really terrible loss, like I just mentioned it against Cleveland. Cincinnati finally finding the winner's circle on Monday night. I definitely think they can roll that into this game. I'll take the Bengals 20 to 10.
Los Angeles Rams, Indianapolis Colts, really two solid, even teams right now. I think that uh, Anthony Richardson will be back for this one, and he's going to lead them to victory at home over the Rams that are still without Cooper Cup. Give me the Colts 26-17. to 17. AF, uh, NFC South division rival between two 2-1 two and one teams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. This will be the first game that we finally have Alvin Kamara back on the field. I think that will make the ultimate difference. Both these defenses have been fairly strong, and I think this will ultimately be a fairly low-scoring game. Give me the Saints 17-16. to 16. Washington Commanders versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Very similar to how the Commanders played against the Bills, although the Eagles' offense has looked a little bit weaker, especially in the passing game. But DeAndre Swift has really come into his own in the rushing game. Love what I'm seeing from him. 31-10 to 10 Eagles. Minnesota Vikings versus the Carolina Panthers. Another game against win-less teams. This is a game that I think Minnesota can finally break out. Really haven't liked what the Carolina Panthers have been doing on offense, although they were able to strike early and often against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. It could go Seattle's way, but Minnesota's been uh, barking on the door, knocking on the door a little too much too recently. 24-18 to in favor of the Vikes. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans. As much as I want to ride the Houston Texans momentum, Pittsburgh's got equal momentum, and TJ Watt is looking like another defensive MVP front runner. I think he's going to make it hell for uh, CJ Stroud in the backfield. You could see CJ Stroud's first interception in this one. Uh, still another low scoring game because Houston's defense has also been solid 23 to 14 in favor of the Steelers. Las Vegas Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has just not been able to make it happen on the offensive side. And the Chargers, while they don't look great and they haven't been dominating, are still able to put up a lot of points. It's probably going to be a one-score game, but I think it's going to be high-scoring. 30-23 to 23 Chargers. New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas coming off an embarrassing loss. New England still doesn't have an offense to speak of. 31-13 Cowboys. Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. As much as a crazy, another crazy upset would be, this one's in San Francisco. That defense is legit. Brock Purdy's legit. Going to be a nice high-scoring game, but San Francisco, three straight games with 30 points. Why not make it four? 30-20 San Francisco. Sunday Night Football was supposed to be the marquee matchup of the year. Has turned into a slaughterhouse. Kansas City Chiefs versus the New York Jets in New York, which I don't think will make a difference. Give me KC on an easy one, 27-13. And finally, finishing it off, the Seattle Seahawks versus the New York Giants. Love what I've been seeing from the Seattle Seahawks on both sides of the ball. New York, without Saquon Barkley, is going to be struggling. 34-21 Seattle. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you sticking with me this season. We're off to a really, really good start. This NFL season has been absolutely ridiculous, and we'll see how we turn out this week. Make sure to check me out for all my picks on Instagram and Twitter. We'll see you next week. Peace out.